1: Tom, what does a happy relationship mean to you? A happy
2: relationship? Mm. Gee. What springs to mind is like looking at. Because my parents have a very good relationship. Lucky they're, they're, you! Yeah, they're, that's they're, not normal know, these days. I know. I uh, That's what I think. That's what uh, um, sticks me at times. I'm like, mm. how can everyone be unhappy? Look <laughs> at the example I was raised uh-uh. under. But uh, what they have is they're sort of safe and secure together. They can share the stupid nonsense dreams and mm. and all those things because they, there's that baseline of safety and security. They that that so I think that would be would be my answer. That's what I strive for. In my relationship,
1: yeah, I really like that having that feeling of like uh, reassurance without needing reassurance. So you just don't even need to to check in on the relationship because you know it's there. But it takes a lot to get there. Yes, that, and uh, and you've got to ditch some of your baggage to get there. Sometimes absolutely. as well that
2: um that unspoken safety and that unspo- all those unspoken things. Yeah, you have to work to get there. It, and I it, look
1: communication is always a happy relationship yes, to me. Yes, you know how much I love good communication. If there's not good communication, I feel like you can't really ever feel properly safe in Communica- a relationship, yeah. right?
2: Communication is essential. Yes. That's an essential component to get to where you want to be yes. in a relationship.
1: Welcome to Ghosts of Boyfriends Past. Hello, I'm everyone. Liz Best. I'm Tom Harris. And today we've got a guest because it is one of our main episodes and we're talking to a little bit of an expert today. Relationships expert, author, public speaker, Simone Melissas so in terms of uh being you know a bit of an expert you've gone and written a book so tell us about the book that you've written about relationships are you sure you want one
3: okay so i actually wrote this with a guy that i was with for eight years and a lot of people were asking us about how we created our relationship because we we did have a really good one
1: Mm -hmm.
3: um it was it was really honoring it was it was fun etc and we both do seminars. So people started asking us and we went, well, let's let's put this into a book. So we did. Now, here's where the plot thickens. As we released the book, and it's a question, relationship, are you sure you want one? Because yes. that's what we wanted to do. We wanted people to question, not actually go, oh, I have to have a relationship that makes me right. Because that has been something that's come across for ages, singles wrong, you know, and then people fight to be single. And it's like, no, what if it was all a choice? But as we actually launched the book, um, we were in America and we had all these interviews and everything and we broke up our relationship. (laughs) agent originally had a a minor heart attack, but we were like, don't worry, we've got this because the whole thing about it is you have choice. And for me, it's like if you're going to choose a relationship, make sure it's good. And when you recognize that maybe this relationship is not heading in the direction you want, what if you could actually sit down with that person and, and be like, you know what, have we done what we, were, what we were meant to do together. And is it time for us to choose something different? And I would really like people to have the freedom with relationship, not have something where it's, it's they choose it based on necessity. It's always a choice that works for them.
1: Simone, you are speaking my language. This is something that I've long said on this podcast. So I'm single by choice for about, what, three and a bit, nearly four years now after being in back-to-back terrible relationships where I was terrified to be alone. So I would jump using, I was using my boyfriend's as life rafts, really. Like I would jump from one relationship to the next and... It took me a really long time to realize that I was miserable, and I'm so much happier now choosing to be alone. So, the fact that this book exists makes me so happy. That's right.
2: It's something we've, I've sort of queried on the podcast as well in uh, previous episodes is we've, att- uh, society's attached so much worth to being in a relationship that when you're not in one, I, I, I get this sort of sense of a desperation or a worry or a am uh, not in a relationship right now, therefore I'm like failing or not in the, I don't know, uh, not doing well. Um,
1: people so. project that onto me a lot, actually. There's yeah. a lot of people who are just like, oh, you'll find someone and I'm like, not looking. Yeah, that's
3: right. <laughs> we don't
0: need them. That's I know, right. <laughs> yeah, I know
3: what you mean. And I love the way you mentioned that Tom about like people look at themselves as failing. To me, the only time you're a failure is if you're not choosing something that works for you. That's like right. if you're yeah. in a relationship and it's bad and it's like, stop it, like stop it. This is your life. It's like start living it the way you'd like to live it. And you are definitely not a failure if, you, if you're if you single and you're loving it. The thing that I see is when people always want want something different, and I most people hate it when I say this but if you're not in a relationship and you say you want one you don't actually desire one because you literally create what shows up in your life so if you're single you're choosing to be single if you're in a relationship you're choosing to be single so and whatever it is just make sure it's great have fun
1: Absolutely. So look, what are some of the signs that people should not be in a relationship? Say they're in a long-term relationship and they're heading they're heading towards the altar. What, what are some signs that they potentially should be choosing a different path for themselves?
3: Well, the one main thing I would say is you know. Like you know when it's not working. It's like, I mean, we talk about our gut instinct. That's a real thing. You actually know when it's not working like if you're coming home you know and the old story of like you know the cars parked in the driveway and you're like damn and you do a couple of laps around or you go somewhere else yeah then what are you getting married for what are you continuing the relationship for so and but start to have a look at that like exactly what you said liz that you went from you know life raft to life raft which is man to man thinking that that was your safety zone and that was going to make you happy but realizing that you actually in, not in some great relationship, so they weren't that much fun. And it's like, so recognize that you're gonna you're gonna be okay if you're on your own. You don't need someone to be in a relationship with. So the first thing I always ask a lot of the times when we're doing a seminar too is, what if you decided you need a relationship for? Because so many people go, oh, someone to look after me. So I have a partner in crime, or I have this, or I have that, and it's like, or you know, wealth creation. I mean, if you look historically that's why people created relationships Mm. that's why they got married was to create wealth so are we still functioning from old reference points rather than we're in a brand new era and we're literally in a brand new era right now (laughs) in our world and it's like what are you going to choose choose something that works for you
1: yeah look i do have to say as a single person the world definitely is financially set up for couples it's something that i'm finding quite difficult to deal with um but I think we should start normalising friends going in on buying things together and people who are actually like your your relationship soulmates don't have to be a romantic partner, right?
0: Mm, a little,
1: I, a little, I think,
2: little upsetting that the world is now structured in a way where we can't just have the nice things w- that we want. We yeah, have to go no in. No matter how hard we work. We have to work. chip in as a group <laughs> to, uh, to buy the nice thing. But, yes, it's you a know, nice it's I'm a nice actually thought.
3: going to look at some properties this afternoon with my ex's sister. <gasps> And looking at buying it with her because she wants to live on land and i'm like i'd like to invest in some so let's have a look at it together
1: i and want says, to normalize hey, that deal. that's yeah. amazing so can yeah. i ask can we go back to the fact that you broke up with somebody that you were on a press tour with after writing a book about relationships yeah, that would have been how did you have guys navigate that breakup um amicably i guess
3: look to, to be totally honest it's like he broke up with me and i definitely did the, the trauma and drama for a little bit and was like oh my god i'm devastated and did that whole thing but then i don't know me being me i sort of went all right what's actually really going on and and i looked at it and went, he he actually knew like our relationship we have a great friendship we're still friends we work together uh, and the relationship was great, probably for about seven, seven and a half years. In the last six months, it was definitely like this maintaining energy rather than creating. Mm. And I think if you're going to be in a relationship, you need to, you know, create at least twenty times more together than what you would alone. And we definitely did that for quite a few years. So when I sort of, you know, stopped being a whining girl <laughs> i'm allowed <laughs> to say it because i did it
0: yeah because
3: it. like, yeah, i was like i'm taking everything like i really did the trauma and drama but it wasn't for very long and then i went well hang on a second we created this house together we created that together you know let's move on and we actually did take a bottle of wine go out into our veranda and we both went all right what's going on for each other what's up and we were willing to go to world war three is what i want to say and right. We had one of the best conversations we've ever had. And one of the tools that we, we used, we, we said to each other, okay, let's look at this and let's write down three things each that we want from this breakup. And immediately I was like, well, it's like, who gets the house, who gets the dog, who get, you know, all that sort of thing. And it was interesting when we went away and we gave ourselves the space to do that, we came back. And at the top of our list, both of us went, I wanna be your friend. Because essentially we were really good friends, and I'm not—that doesn't happen in every relationship. No, like, but it did happen with both of us. So we've we definitely had to work on our friendship, and we still work on our friendship, and we've still got each other's back, and we're there for each other. And that the interviews that we did in America were hilarious because some of them were like, you know, in awe, and they were they were fun and whatever, and some just tried to drive this wedge between us oh, straight away. No. And, But it was interesting because you're on camera you're on you know fox news and all that sort of stuff and then they're trying to draw you know have this wedge between us but you can't put a wedge between two people who don't desire it so what actually showed up was this huge strength that we had as two people choosing what we were choosing so i mean we we were joking about maybe we should write a second book called breaking up is easy ish (laughs)
1: that is a great title
3: yeah but you can make it easy ish
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so going back to that thing that tom was talking about before that ending a relationship there's a lot of people that think that ending a relationship means that that it's a failure or that their relationship has failed how do you how do you convince somebody out of that failure mentality like how do you talk someone into knowing that perhaps it's a good thing
3: yeah, well, for myself, it's like what I, I mean, I really, I told, I looked at this and I went, okay, it's not personal. Because it's, it's not, it's not like you've done something wrong. Like when someone has an upset with something, most people in a relationship, so familiar, like in a relationship, they'll go, what have I done? What have I done? Oh my God, you know, have I done something wrong? And usually it's like the other person just requires space. You know, it's nothing is personal with that. So I kept saying to myself that it wasn't personal and then looking at really, looking like being brutally honest at the relationship and going, "Huh, he was actually right. Like I wasn't as excited to see him anymore. I was grateful to see him, mm-hmm. but I didn't get that moment where I was just like, oh, yes, cuz we traveled a lot, so we would be away a lot, and then when we saw each other it was really exciting. And that that wasn't there anymore. So, I think you've got to know you've got to know who you be, and one of the things that that we talk about in our book is the five elements of intimacy. And personally, I think if you can have that with you, then you can have that with someone else. And if you have the five elements of intimacy, which is gratitude, trust, allowance, vulnerability, and honor. And if you have that with you, then it's not like you're losing anything. You're not less than because the relationship is broken up. It's literally the relationship is broken up. You're not. And I know it's a, it's, it's a, sometimes a really hard thing to get around. It's like a muscle, mm. but if you keep looking at that and working at that, then then something greater can show up. And can I say, it's probably been, I think it's like two and a half, three years, and I am having such a good time, and so is he. And a friend of mine who, her marriage split up uh, about a year and a half ago, and she was devastated. And she only just said to me the other night, I am so glad my marriage split up, it was amazing. So I, I really do think that if you recognize that energy that it's done, Get the courage, do something about it. Like if you can't change what's not working for you, then then move on.
2: Mm. And Simone, uh, in your recapping of exploring why the rela- your relationship failed, um,
1: not failed, not failed, ended. sorry, ended. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
2: when someone does that, it must be important, surely, that they be honest with themselves in exploring like you explore what uh, why the relationship died you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be ready to question yourself and your mo- and what you did and your motives and all those things right that has to you have to be so it's not one thing it's not one thing to say i want to explore why it failed you have to also be uh honest you have, you have you have to be honest at the table as well right with your with yourself
3: yeah no i i absolutely absolutely and i mean one of the things for us i mean we're not we're not neither of us were looking to have this like normal you know like life and so we did we bought a piece of property up here in Prygian beach in queensland and it was right on the, on the beach beautiful piece of property met with the architects building this epic house it was going to be like the most epic house in Prygian, mm. you know and b- building this reality that we were going down this like road of normality that that's not how we met like that's mm. not that's not who we were and I, and i get i realized once we bought that property it's like something changed where we started doing this normal relationship and that wasn't us and i think you've really got to recognize that too if that's if that if you start to lose you in the relationship then just stop for a moment and i think you're able to talk if you're able to talk to the person and say hey let's get a bottle of champagne or or some beers or something like that and just be like is this actually working for you if we could change anything what is it that you'd like to change because don't give up you for a relationship. And I see so many people do that. They start to cut off all the parts and pieces of them. And then all of a sudden, the person's looking at them going, that's not the person I yeah, want. You've to changed, be with. man. Like, yeah. you're half of you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It always drives me nuts when people say my better half or my other half in a relationship. Me too. It's something like honestly, you know, when the Coke was doing the share a Coke with, I would always avoid the better half can because I just didn't agree with it. I just like I, I totally agree with you, Simone, is that you need to be your whole full self in a relationship. And if a relationship doesn't help you become more of yourself, then what's the point, mm. in my opinion? Um so look in terms of it's really hard to convince somebody who's convinced that they need the marriage, the kids, the white picket fence um, that, that that is not something that they need. And honestly, um, in my particular case, I was so tunnel vision about the light uh, about, about walking you know down that aisle with somebody that I ignored so many red flags in my last relationship. How do you convince somebody, um, who's been programmed by society to believe that's what they need, that they can find what they need within.
3: Well, I mean, without sounding like an advertisement, that's actually, that's why I do the classes because yeah. they're called relationships done different. And you do get really you know, vulnerable with, with what's going on. And like I said, it, it's when you start to get to that crux of what have you decided you need it for? Because there's usually this insane point of view that, that locks you up about it and if you can get rid of that it's like then then you can actually look at things with with clearer eyes and just go okay so is, is this working for me like i know you know i grew up with my mother's definition of happiness was basically getting married having kids getting the house the white picket fence the whole thing and i remember really early on in my life we were at a family do and i overheard her saying oh, Simone will be happy when she finds the one. And I was like, are you serious? And I was like, I'm the one that's just like, I'm probably the happiest in our whole family. I've just yeah. spent three yeah. years traveling overseas, but she didn't get that. Yeah. To her happiness was, you've got to find the one. And it's like, okay, so I'm grateful for myself having the courage to go, well, what what actually, what's true for me? And even if you start with that question, what is true for you? Like what's true for you in relationships? Like. I don't know about you, but you know, have you ever seen Downton Abbey and that yes. whole? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, I love that idea of you've got your room, you've got your own bathroom, he's got his room, his bathroom. We have adjoining doors. It's like you can, you know, I hook adore up that every night for a year. But then you don't have to. It's like. That whole idea is like, yes, I need to make more
1: money and have that be yes. a positive, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, honestly, half the half the fights I had with my exes were about the fact that I can't sleep with another person in my bed. It drives me nuts. So having <laughs> having that separate life, I've got a friend of mine who's actually been married for, I think, 15 years this year and she and her husband have separate houses and they're blissfully happy they they like they're the happiest couple that i know out of anybody and i think that that's because they have whole lives and they come together because they choose to you know there you go it's pretty amazing i think um look one last thing is is what we'll go back to our opening question simone what what does a happy relationship look like to you Well, to me, it's choosing what
3: works for you and not buying into anybody else's judgment. Like I love that you just mentioned that about your friends because that it's so different that so many people would make people feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of people go, they're having an affair, what are they hiding?
3: Yeah, and so when people feel uncomfortable, then they project judgment upon you. And then that's when I see people start to choose less than to try and match the judgments of their friends and family. So what makes a happy relationship is, I mean, you said it right at the beginning, Tom, it's like, whatever works for you. It's like, you know, what is that for you? Um, I know for me, it's like, you know, I used to travel nine, 10 months of the year. So someone has to be okay with that. And it's Mm. like, and you know, we have a guest room here and quite often it'd probably be half the week that we would actually sleep in different beds. And people go oh you're sleeping in a different bed and it was like yeah i love doing you know starfish and then i also like sleeping with my partner you know so different so i think you've really got to get clear on what works for you um with all of it and and choose that like please don't choose based on what anybody else is telling you that you should choose
1: that is so so That's, good to uh, hear that makes me really happy <laughs> yeah, it's
2: fantastic simone i was just quickly, wondering if there's a uh, is there any old folk- folky advice about relationships that, or any piece of uh, so-called relationship advice that you don't agree with that you that you rile against? Any any anything spring to mind
3: that I rile against? Um, I guess that either one, the male or the female, is less than based on. The amount of money that they earn. Because yes. that yes. actually really comes up at the moment. I mean, I've done, I've spoken to so many women who now earn more money than the man, but it's like, if you're like, again, like if you're functioning from this reference point of like men are supposed to do X, Y, Z, mm. but the woman's earning more money. I've had conversations with women going, hey, if you want them to go with you, pay for them. Like I earned way more money than Brendan at one stage and I wanted him to come, so I paid for him. It's like, what's wrong with that? It's like, so I think the whole money thing is a whole other different topic with how you can be in a relationship and don't be unkind to the person who's earning less money it's like don't treat them as though you own them because nobody owns anyone it's like that's not how a great relationship works so I would say that
1: I'm also super against the belief there's so many and I some of them are my girlfriends and I'm just like how are we friends that believe that you have to have your dates paid for that if they don't put up the money then it's they're a terrible person and I'm like I don't expect people that I don't really know to pay for me I'm happy to pay for myself I would hope they don't get offended if I offer to pay for them you know I've always said on this podcast my rule Simone is that if I don't actually intend on dating a person I won't accept when they offer to pay anything at all like yeah. but some girlfriends i know go out on dates just to get free meals and these it drives la- me these ladies
2: these ladies don't want a date they want a lunch
1: they want a free they're dinner worried, they're
2: worried about the food and not who's want, sitting across yeah, the table exactly. from them
1: they want drinks yes that's right that's exactly. exactly exactly right they should be paid for looking that good no no one owes anyone anything <laughs> Simone this is the part of the podcast where we normally talk about what we've learned um so from your point of view I'd like to know what you learned from I guess working with your ex after writing a book about relationships what's what's a lesson that you learned from that
3: uh mm, that's a good question because it's like I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest. It's like, to begin with, I was like, God, why do I work with him? Like, I wish he would just go away. Of course. And That's then, natural. And then, yeah. And then went, okay, but I actually, I like him. I get on well with him, et cetera. So I'm going to, it goes, it, I mean, I know we've, we've said it a few times in this podcast, but it, I wouldn't mind reiterating it is that you have all of you, like, don't give up you. Cause when you have all of you, you can handle anything. And it's not about one of the things I talk about is when something shows up, it's not about going into a reaction. It's like, what action are you going to take? Like take the action that creates your life to be greater and greater and greater. Cause like I always say, we're, this is not a dry run.
1: This is it. We're here. What are you choosing? That's amazing. I agree. What are you choosing? Tom, what, what's your lesson?
2: My lesson is, and I'll attach it to, uh, tired tropes in comedies and <laughs> movies for years and years and years has been straight person uh, annoyed that they're married or in a relationship and that they have to go home to the husband or wife and it's been uh, that needs to end this idea that you can la- that like oh got to go home the to the old chain. the old ball and chain like this idea that no, that's your wife. You you love her and you, you be you're lucky to or, be with her. Or
1: get out. Get out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you are if if you're if you do have that mindset, get out of the relationship. It's no fun to you, it's no fun to her, certainly hearing about it. So or, yes putting a stamp on that uh that sort of tired trope in both uh fiction and in real life.
3: And but the flip side of that too is you know Jim Jeffries, the yes. Yes. comedian? Yeah. Okay. He does this stint. I think it's hilarious about sitting in a bar with this guy and the guy's like, oh, I've finished my beer. I've got to go home to the missus, you know? And, um, and he's like, can't you have another beer? And he's like, nah, the missus will kill me. And he goes, you're 50. Yeah, You're, CEO. Right.
2: you're <laughs> successful,
3: you know?
1: And it's, <laughs> using that as some sort of excuse. That's
2: right. It's not the principle. here. Yeah.
1: No, she's not your mum. <laughs> <laughs> look, I learnt um, that... I think you've got to be courageous in your choices, right? So there's a lot of times when when people will say to me, you know, oh well, you'll find the one one day and I'm like, I already have and it's me and and I'm happy with that. And I think that you need to be courageous in um in asking for what you want and and getting in touch with your with your brain and your heart and really f- asking yourself the questions that you would ask a partner there's so many people who go you know do you love me you know are we going to be in it together forever like mm. ask turn those questions in on yourself and kind of go, you know, I, I'm gonna date myself. What, what what do I normally give away from myself to a partner that I can turn inward and give to myself? And honestly that's one of the most fulfilling things that I've found in my dating life is I I'm a nurturer in a relationship. I will nurture somebody else and make sure that their well being is top of mind, often at the expense of myself. But since I have turned that around Onto myself and kind of looked after myself the same way that I would look after a partner. It's really sad that I that it took me being single to, to do that, but it's really fulfilling. And so you know, now when people go, "You'll find someone," and I'm like, "No, thank you. I don't. I don't. I don't want somebody." <laughs> I think.
2: I think it's to know what you want and to actively pursue it yes. and to go after it is brave and should be uh, should be should be applauded. Yes, be good, thank Good you. on you. I think everyone should. Uh, to try and endeavour a bit of Liz's Liz's life.
1: I mean, you don't have to be single. I'm not saying be single and love it, but choose what you want and know what you want and know who you are enough to to be bold in your choices, I think. Simone, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a delightful and empowering conversation for me. You
3: are so welcome, (laughs) Rose and Tom. Thank you for having me here.
1: Now, we'll also pop the details of of Simone's seminars and book in our show notes so that if you want to read the book or attend one of the seminars if you're in Queensland or if – do you do online seminars as well, Simone?
3: I absolutely do online. So,
1: absolutely. We'll pop the links in there because I think, honestly, learning how to – to – to be okay alone, and to reprogram your mind into choosing what you want to choose, not what society wants you to choose, mm-hmm. is something that should be applauded, and they should teach it in schools. Quite frankly,
2: and probably <laughs> quietly, everyone at home should explore those those feelings, those thoughts. Um, I, I would encourage everyone currently listening to to do that. It doesn't have to, you don't have to make wholesale life changes off the bat, but you know, m- make yourself the little question. Minor adjustments, tweaks. Uh, Simone, thank you so much for coming on our little platform gives listeners a uh, a stepping stone to professionalism and experts above us so yes. we're we, we're only happy to provide those service to you readers so I and I hope you um you uh, click on the notes and uh, explore everything Simone has to offer and to teach
1: Simone, you need to write that breakup book as well. I would read <laughs> the heck out of it.
3: Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> Guys, if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can go to past at gmail.com or that's not canon.com forward slash past and fill out our really easy form to apply to be a guest. Um, and if you've got a story that you don't want to put your voice behind, you can write it in for one of our mini sodes where we read out your stories back to you. That's so right. that's if you want to kind of remove the details, but you just gotta tell someone this great story. The
2: veil of anonymity will protect you there. Otherwise, on your podcast podcaster of choice, I don't know what what it is. Be it a Spotify, be it an Apple. Hit rate, hit review, hit subscribe, share it with a friend. Someone else will get benefit out of this nonsense, surely. And it's not even nonsense. We've got professionals on now. I was going to say, it. how We're dare doing... you
1: call me nonsense, Look at Tom. us now,
2: Mum. We're doing it.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you could please tell anybody about the podcast that you think it would help them out, that would be great. Simone, thanks again. And, guys, we will see you next week for a mini-sode. <laughs>
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mmm! Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns.